Construction Infection Control Risk Assessment, a conversation with Tom Bender and Michael Jenkins. This webinar included a visual PowerPoint presentation. To view a video recording, visit the link in the description of this podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who's interested to attend. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights. Today's webinar is the history and purpose of infection control risk assessment or ICRA in construction. And now I'd like to introduce our guests today, Tom Bender and Michael Jenkins. Tom Bender is a professional carpenter since 1997. He has spent much of his career in the roles of supervisor foreman and superintendent for construction projects ranging from $50,000 to $100 million in value. As a certified ICRA instructor since 2013, Tom has been delivering ICRA training across Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and North Carolina. Since 2020, Tom has served as Education Outreach Director for EASRCC, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters. One of Tom's proudest accomplishments is his commitment to patient safety through collaboration with healthcare professionals. He is helping to create an understanding within the construction, renovation, and maintenance industry as to the need for enhanced work practices, creating a safer environment for all. And our other speaker is Michael Jenkins. He is a 34-year member of the Carpenters Local 436, with 21 of those years on staff for the EAS RCC. Michael has been involved with the ICRA program for about 15 years, and he serves as a member of APIC, which is the Association for Professionals in Infection Control and Epidemiology, and ASH, the American Society for Healthcare Engineering. Michael is a trustee for the West Virginia Health and Welfare the Pennsylvania Pension Fund, and serves on the Benefit Collection Committee. Michael and Tom, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. So uh, when we talk about ICRA today in the conversation, it is strictly based around construction, renovation, and maintenance. And uh, what we want to talk about today is just briefly what we're going to be getting into, the importance and the effects, the history of where this came from. Um, it's just not a bunch of carpenters that sat down and decided to tell a bunch of professional nurses what to do in construction. We're going to talk about the contributors. And then basically how to move forward with what's being changed and what has changed in the past. So the importance of, of ICRA itself is going to be very dependent upon the success of the project based on the people that are coming into the facility to do the work, the tradespeople themselves, or even the maintenance staff, because maintenance staff is typically hired from outside the hospital that has an understanding of the trades and the work that they're going to be required to do. Part of that problem is they need to recognize the hazardous materials that are commonly used in the fields, but nobody really understands the true value in the, of the hazardous material the, uh, when it relates to the patient themselves. Typically, when we're talking about construction ICRA as well, we really are talking about controlling the exposure limiting, and limiting the routes of entry of those particulates and uh, potential contaminants into the occupied healthcare facility. There's going to be some site-specific considerations. Um, and understand the work practices that go along with that. Uh, and understanding the work practices also has to include understanding the sequence and the scope of the project, which your construction company and your maintenance staff will understand. But more importantly, how do we relay that information off to the infection preventionists that are overseeing the work that might have very serious questions about the, the sequence of the project because they don't understand the sequence, 
where construction and maintenance will look at it as a, a relatively stupid question. But if you don't know what comes next, how can you possibly be prepared for to stop what comes next? Um, and then ultimately, when it comes to uh, occupied facilities, everybody has to understand that the interim life safety must remain in place. And oftentimes during construction, renovation and maintenance, we circumvent those systems during the day, but we really run the risk of uh, circumventing the systems overnight if we don't take those precautions down that we use during the, during the day. Tom, I want to let you know real quick that Mike was able to get onto the call. Oh, if you'd like to speak now, we can we can kick the mic over to him. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, these smartphones and the iPads is about to kill me. If it's, a, it's the last thing I do, I'm going to learn how to do that before I retire. But I appreciate your all's uh, time today. I want to speak about what ICRA and who all it affects. You know, primarily affects patients receiving care in the healthcare facilities. It also affects anyone's sensitive particulars in the particulates in the air, affect anyone who has immune compromise, newborns, elderly, and those in life-saving equipment, our coworkers, our students at the educational center. It basically affects everybody in some way or another. What are the effects? Uh, patients become sick or die from poor practices, delaying care, added cost to healthcare, stress to the caregivers and their families and liability. When we talk about de uh, delaying care, sometimes the treatment, we has to put it off till we uh, fix whatever is wrong. So we need to make sure that nobody is going to be affected and not be able to get the care and the treatment they need. So it could slow down the process without having a good ICRA and keeping everybody safe during construction. Added cost to healthcare, secondary infections fall into place. Uh, the, the credit ratings for hospitals, I don't know how it is with nursing homes, but with hospitals, um, the, the, the cost and the money received can go down depending on what their accredited rating is. So it could add a cost loss for the hospital. Stress on the caregivers and family. Anytime somebody's sick and they're not able to get to the treatment, the stress even uh, gets uh, larger and it's harder on the patient. And of course, liability that, um, you know, if somebody's not getting the right treatment and something happens or they get the wrong treatment or secondary infection, the liability and the cost to the facility can increase. Tom, you can go ahead and take over again. I've, uh, you're, you're the professional here. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Now, Mike had one slide previous where it talked about our coworkers, and the reason we even talk about that at all is because we can identify who is immune compromised based on where they, what treatments they're receiving, or where they're housed. ICRA also affects our coworkers, and we don't typically walk up to them and ask what their medical conditions are. So, by by protecting the patients, we're also protecting the staff around them. But when it comes to HAIs, we left this in their uh, word: hospital acquired infections, because that's what it used to be called. And now it's healthcare associated infections. But while the words have changed, what hasn't is there's still approximately 2 million annually that come down every year, approximately one in every 25 people that enter a hospital. Unfortunately, 100,000 of those patients end up succumbing to their secondary infection. A portion of those are related to the construction, renovation, and maintenance because their secondary infections are fungal in nature. So uh, if anybody has any idea of what that would be, those those it's about 5 to 10% of those secondary infections and ultimately deaths result in some of the things that we do as outside contractors or maintenance staff working inside the facilities. Uh, some of the mundane things that are done, uh, working on, on blinds at windows, working on the curtains, opening up ceiling towel, 
uh, fixing a, a fixing a light fixture, mundane things that expose the uh, the contaminants that might be hidden to the app uh, to the environment. So when we talk about construction ICRA, really what we've been talking about since 2008 is stopping particulates. Up until recently, it was about dust mitigation, dust mitigation and noise vibration disruption. Um, now we see a, a viral component with humans as being vectors in and out of the containments, but it's still primarily about the impact of particulates. So the easiest way for us to explain this to anybody that's outside of construction is an average milk crate. An average milk crate is about one foot by one foot by one foot, which means you have one cubic foot of air inside that milk crate. Uh, please advance uh, at least once or maybe twice on this slide. There's a there, We should have taken all those off of there. So uh, an example, a particular counter, if you go ahead and use it, it's going to read 0.3 microns or larger, which is what a negative air machine pulls out of the air. And the room you're sitting in right now might have 500,000 particulates per cubic foot. You start thinking about how many particulates are actually in that air. Well, the room that everyone's sitting in right now, look around it and how many milk crates will fit in it just to the ceiling. In construction, renovation, and maintenance, we don't go just to the ceiling. We pull all that ceiling down and we go all the way to the deck above. The threat here is the particulates themselves. What's in the air of this space that was previously occupied, occupied by healthcare facilities that's now under renovation? And ultimately, what are the particulates that are in the space, outside the space before construction? And then can we, can we and are we monitoring that, that the particulates are being diminished as we go through this process? And then just the last thing on here we have is, does the average size of a mold spore is anywhere from two to five microns? So if we're using our negative air machines correctly, we have our containments under negative pressure, we are capturing every, the, the probability of us capturing every, every mold spore is highly increased if our barriers are, are correct, our negative air is correct, and our machines are, are correct. The history of training 2008 consisted of groups from the Carpenters International, the Disease for Control, Infectious Control Practitioners, and Environmental Experts. All right, uh, we'll just start here with the ICRA eight-hour class. We give it to facilities and to their maintenance and stuff to um, expose them to how the barricades work, why we have the barricades, and explain all the uh, processes of why we do this, the signage. We talk about how to wash your hands, uh, different things that needs to be done, and what how you work with your contractor with their ICRA permits, and everything is in our eight-hour awareness class. Now our carpenters are put through a 24 hour class. That is actually hands-on building of all the uh, containments and it's different than the eight hour class. This talks about the uh, ICRA 24 hour class. It's for all carpenters on site and understanding why and how. We, under, we explain to them on what the size of the dust molecules are, and how it can affect them if it gets into the patient with an immune compromise. We explain to them how we do the tape, how to check the negative air, the positive air. We set up with the plan with the IPs or whoever's in charge of construction for the entrance and exit of all the facilities. We got to look at all the precautions, what we need to have. If there's any extra precautions we need to look into, that's all uh, brought up in the ICRA 24-hour class. We also give that to the IPs uh to set in and do that with our carpenters so they're aware and the and exposed to this type of training what has contributed to the success we have seen the relationships we built we have uh, a lot of the ips that reach out to us directly 
The SEMs are for the future, uh, fortunate to have dedication of our instructors, the support of our healthcare community, the performance of our craftspeople, and the uh, employee portability. It, get, it makes it pretty nice with one phone call to call and say, hey, I need two or three contractors to come to my facility and give me a bid on remodel. And they know that you're having trained people coming into your facilities. Association Professional uh, Infection Control and Epidemiology, the APIC. Centers from uh, some of the groups are the Centers for Disease Control, Joint Commission, Center for Medicare, Medicaid, the American Society for Healthcare of Engineers, ASHI, Facilities Guidelines Institute, and Infection Control Professionals. We've been working with all them for many years on trying to make secondary infections go down in the construction and remodel of facilities, and we've been very successful. As time goes on, things change and perception of Carpenter's role in infection control have gone from being directed to become the directors in containment practices. With all the other trades and all the facilities that we are the train, most trained workforce when we come in to work in the facilities, a lot of them look for our leadership and our directive on how to do things and keep the patient safe. These containment practices are also being used in other environments outside of healthcare, computer software industry, the healthcare services industry, work in educational facilities, work on all construction phases to start with looking for particular, contain, particular containments while construction work is in process. In 2017, OSHA rolled out the silicon standards. Pre-construction activities and what's changed. Uh, Pre-construction activities have increased. Job sequences changed to address patient safety. We wanna make sure that we know who we're around when we're doing construction. We need to move patients for safety reasons or they need to be moved. We, uh, we work with facilities to make sure that everybody is not being affected as minimal as possible. Work activities, uh, barriers, negative air, material delivery and storage increased and understand the work of the environment, continue life safety during the work being done. Work area classifications primarily based around the patient's risk group. We try to make sure that we minimize the risk to all patients. Where is construction infection controlled headed? ICRAs became one more normal practices uh, processes while doing construction, renovation and maintenance in healthcare facilities. These increased understanding by all the parties addressing the effects of the poor practices can have there's also increased oversight by regulatory agencies. Record keeping, reporting uh, protocols are tighter than past. Other marketing, high schools, high tech manufacturers, end users require clean air quality standards. Moving forward in challenges, education, the entire workforce, engaging with those oversight groups, building strong relationships, creating a team approach when end users understanding the reality of a poor performance, realizing that not only business is it's not only business as usual, solving the intricate problems in the infection control department, facilities and design teams. Latest challenge, we have consistently oversight have consistent oversight. We have engaged in the process, created a level playing field for all involved as we protect the patients. Sensitive concerns for IP uh, infection preventionists, engaging and not respecting in the plan or during the process uh, project, 
not familiar with construction terms, embarrassed to ask questions, not listening to the concerns, not putting patient safety first, not respecting the responsibility of all those being asked, to, what all is being asked to do. Their signatures on the ICRA permit. We work with the IPs uh, to make sure that we un they understand what the project is going, like core drilling, shingles for a lot of the nurses. Shingles is one thing. Shingles to the construction workers completely different. So we want to make sure everybody's on the same page when we do projects. Infection prevention is job site concerns. Tacky mats not peeled. Demo carts not cleaned or covered properly. Equipment not cleaned or covered properly. Moving in and out of sight barriers and uh, disrepair, trades people not wearing PPE in respect to, respect to the patients, trades people moving around the hospital not kept tidy, HEPA equipment not cleaned in the area found uh, area or around where it's not clean, job sites not kept clean. We work to make sure that we want to keep that as clean as possible during construction, plus make sure that all uh, the signage is up and then uh, the tacky mats are in place and it's not disrupted the rest of the facility. Uh, job site concerns continued, HEPA, exhaust turbulent. Uh, if you're gonna exhaust your air outside, uh, it's all right, but whenever you're, is it possible? If not, you gotta put it in a hallway, you wanna put some kind of exhaust baffle on it so it's not affecting the noise in the facility. Control the, uh, control the contractors at the site to make sure they're not just going wherever they want to. We want to make sure they all stay in the area that they're supposed to. Lack of consistent behave, behave within the same company from location to location. Employee portability. We want our uh, carpenters to be able to move if they got to go from one job to another job that they're having. They keep the same standards no matter where they're at. Lack of respect, understanding or caring that the hospital environment is unique and different from typical construction sites. The manager buy in and understand. A lot of guys that do construction are not, uh, they're build bridges and power plants and different things like that. They're not used to working in the healthcare industry. So we need to get the right people to make sure that they're trained properly when they come there. All right, thank you, Mike and Tom. We did have one comment that said, thank you. They are currently undergoing a six month renovation at their dementia unit. Todd and Michael, thank you for joining us this week and for this great presentation. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us this week and hope that we can see you again soon. Take care. If you would like to contact Tom Bender, you can reach him at tbender at eascarpenters.org. If you would like to contact Michael Jenkins, you can reach him at mjenkins at eascarpenters.org. You can check out our other interviews at qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia.